The Vampire Diaries, and the originals. Um, of course, all three of these shows are going to be competing against each uh, competing against each other on Thursdays. But uh, anyway, there's so much information coming out from the Sleepy Hollow set, uh, also some events going on, and then um, I inter I was able to interview one of the new vampires for. Um, that's going to be in Mystic Falls, part of uh, Lily's clan. Uh, and I also, of course, interviewed um, the cast from the originals and the Vampire Diaries um, uh, at uh, Comic Con. So I got, I do have a bunch of information. Uh, so let me get started. Um, my friend Arsena from the originals, uh, AFS, she's supposed to call in. So as soon as she calls in, I'll put her on. Uh, first of all, I just need to say a huge shout-out to the Bahari Brigade. Um, we spent pretty much, let's say, all last weekend and Monday and Tuesday and part of yesterday voting for uh, Nicole Bahari for Girl on Top, which was an e-online poll. And um, we did really great. I don't know what happened, but we did really great in the beginning, and, and I don't know what happened if it's yeah. Seems like it wasn't calculating because I know there were so many of us that were voting. But anyway, I just want to say thank you to uh, the Hari Brigade and uh, all the fans, us uh, Sleepy Hollow fans, for um, voting, spending the, the weekend and partial at least with us voting and supporting uh, supporting us Sleepy Hollow. So thanks, guys. Um, and I just want to mention the DVD and the Blu-ray is going to be out September 15th, I believe it is, um, and. I believe it's going to be available on demand as well on Amazon. <clears throat> so uh, I do know that, you know, there was like, I do know people were concerned that, that Nikki, you know, wasn't participating or, but I guess she did. Um, we do get to hear her uh, point, point of view um, on uh, one of the episodes. I don't know which one it is. But anyway, and I guess there is a gag reel. Um, it's going to be a little bit longer than last season, uh, if I recall something. Um, so, uh, and I'm sure there's going to be deleted scenes. I'm dying to know if they're going to put the deleted scene from the weeping from uh, Weeping Lady, the one that they showed a picture of him, uh, sort of like holding uh, Abby. Uh, after he pulled her out of the water that they had cut. So I'm dying to know. I don't know if that's added or not, but we'll find out. Um, Okay, and uh, the big news, of course, is that, which, gosh, I'm so mad. I I can't go because I I didn't have enough time. I didn't learn learn about it in time enough. I mean, the plane tickets are so expensive right now. But anyway, everybody's been dying. We've been wanting to see Tom and Nikki you know, together, uh, and we're getting it. Uh, they are going to be at Dragon Con, which is September 4th to the 7th in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, this is what I have so far, uh, the schedule. The schedule that I have, you can go to um, Dragon, Dragon, dragoncon.org, um, and the entire schedule is up for the full three or four days, whatever it is. But, um, but I'm, I'm going to give you what I have here for Sleepy Hollow, which is uh, Friday at 2.30 p.m., uh, Monsters of Sleepy Hollow with the head of Sleepy Hollow's makeup department uh, is going to do a panel, Corey Castellano. And obviously, I mean, the guy is so talented, I can't even 
Um, I don't know if you guys saw the the, the partial got it. This post creepy cute photo that he he sent out a couple of weeks ago. Um, I did post it on the Sleepy Hollow Addicts uh, website. So if you go there in the uh, the season three, uh, I think it's behind the scenes uh, section. It's right up at the top. You can see it. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a master of monsters. That's what <laughs> that's what I call him. Anyway, um, and I guess the, this is funny. The moderator is going to be John Ichabod Anderson. I mean, is that for real? Is his real middle name? I'm dying to know. Anyway, so um, so that's going to be on Friday um, at 2.30 p.m., and that is going to be located at the Peachtree uh, 1 one two of Weston Peachtree Plaza. I don't know. Anyway, that's where that's located. And then Saturday at 4 p.m., Sleepy Hollow, um, there's going to be a question and answer with Tom Meissen. And what I have here is Tom Meissen and Corey Costolano um, with the, with the moderator. Now, I heard John Noble is set to join Tom, and I believe that's when uh, Nikki will join him, but I don't know. It has not been located. It has not been um, announced yet exactly which day, but that's my guess. It would be Saturday at 4 p.m. And then on Sunday at 1 p.m., um, there's a Q&A session with Tom. It's a possibility that he, that Nikki might that might join him there. I'm not sure, but as soon as I find out, I'll tweet that out. Also, uh, if tickets are still available, but the pre-sale Saturday, the 29th, at 11.59 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So uh, you want to get your tickets ahead of time. Uh, it's dragoncon.org. Um, okay. Uh, hold on one second. All right. Uh, our Senate... I'll get to you in like two seconds. Sorry, our son is holding. Um, anyway, um, tickets. Now there's tickets for photo ops. Um, what it is, you can pre you can pre-order the photos um, so that you don't have to wait in line. Uh, and there's so anyway, you can go to the site. It's it's horror.dragoncon.org/slash/question-mark-page underscore ID equals 355. But just go to dragoncon.org and you'll find the link there. Um, okay, so let me grab her, Arsena Dawn. Uh, hi, Arsena, are you there? Hey. Hey. Hi. How are you? Pretty good. Welcome to our radio. <laughs> I know. I, just... I was sitting there, I was like, oh, my God, because I went outside. And I forgot to bring my oh. phone because I was like, oh, if I would have brought my phone, I could have um, – I could have, like, you know, like, texted you real quick to say, like, I was still outside waiting on my dog to no But, uh, yeah. I'm just talking about sleepy. I'm giving all this, regurgitating all this sleepy hollow info, so. Okay. <laughs> so, um, all right, so hold on. So, okay, so, uh, all right, so that's Dragon Con. So I don't know which day. It's either going to be Saturday or Sunday that Nikki uh, is going to be there. I don't have confirmation of which. And I did leave a message for the Dragon Con people. So as soon as I find out, you'll know. Um, also, Tom Meissen fans and producer Aaron Bears is going to have a rewatch on Saturday. Sleepy, it's a sleepy slumber party. We did this, like, uh, what was it, in April? It was just before the season 
finale, the season two finale. It was so much fun. Anyway, so we're going to watch, so it's 9 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. We're going to watch the pilot and then Tempest views it. And Aaron is going to, he's going to be tweeting with us, and he's going to share behind-the-scenes facts from his times on the set, which is going to be awesome. So if you use hashtag Sleepy Slumber Party, you'll be entered to win some Sleepy Hollow swag. So be sure to, you know, yay, I know. I'm like, oh, my God, I bet I'm going to be using it. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, um, and then a quick little, I was talking to you about this. Um, Of course, then, you know, season three has become filming. Everybody knows the, the news is, you know, we've got, Basically, almost a whole new cast. Um, Nikki Reed, who, of course, is in Twilight, she's playing Betsy Ross. got Lance Gross, who's going to play Special Agent Reynolds, FBI Special Agent Reynolds in charge, whatever. Uh, Zach Appleman, thank God, is coming back as Joe Joe Corbin. Kudos to uh, the powers that be, which, listen, because I thought it was great that they were good. It makes sense they're going to bring Joe Corbin in. I mean, you know, Chair Corbin, Joe Corbin, the son, has to carry the torch, makes total sense. Uh, And Shannon Sossman is playing Pandora. The underlying mythology for season season three is going to be the second tribulation. And apparently they're, the way it's going is they're going to start about a year after the end of season two. And uh, Abby actually made the choice to go to Quantico after all. So she's been there training for a year. Meanwhile, uh, Ichabod got a job at the university. He's Professor Crane. So I can just imagine all of the college students probably, you know, falling all over him. <laughs> I would be. I don't know. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, you got to Oh, yeah. Always. Oh, the accent is just, I could just listen to Tom. My son just talk all day. It doesn't matter. It's just sitting in the corner and just talk. <laughs> I love his voice. Anyway. Um, and so they're going to, so uh, there's going to be 18 episodes total in October 1st. The show has moved to Thursdays at 9 p.m. on Fox. There's going to be two distinct paths, I guess. So sort of like what they did, well, they did that sort of in season two, you know, they kind of like the, uh, they did Magnum Opus and then, um, what was it? It was Magnum Opus and then the Akeda and it was sort of like the end of the first half of the season and then the second half began. So I think they're they're going to do it that way. Um, but the big news is, and you and I were talking about this, Arsena, was that um, we're, they're going to do a huge Sleepy Hollow slash Bone crossover event, which is October 29th. Which, oh, I cannot wait. Well, I'm dying because, you know, okay, so I guess the deal is, because I can't I begin, okay, you know, because, you know, Dr. Brennan is so, you know, logical-minded. She's totally not really into the whole, you know, she has to have, taste it, feel it, you know, see it, be able to analyze yeah. it in order to believe. And so it's like, I don't know how this is going to work, you know. But then when I got thinking about it, I think that they are kind of similar. I mean, I'm anxious to see if Brennan is if, if going to have a conversation with Abby about brain. I mean, you know, working with Crane, you know, because, yeah, because, you know, you know, I mean, obviously they've been married and had kids, whatever, you know, so I thought it would be an interesting 
So I guess the the story is is that because I kept thinking, how in the hell are they going to like introduce this? But I guess what the plan is is they're going to um, it's going to be Abby. I guess I guess you know at the end of of the season ten of Bones, I guess they split. They went their sort of their separate ways, and so Bruce has been teaching up at Quantico, and that's how. Abby meets him as one of his her instructors, and so I guess in the in the midst of whatever case it is that they're that they're going to work, she seeks his help, and then I guess it just goes from Sleepy Hollow, and then it'll cross over the bone for the one night. So it's going to be interesting. I'm anxious to so. Um, so yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I think it will too. Yeah. So I guess that's pretty much Especially what's going like on. Playing Again? What I was what I was thinking was especially like playing against playing against the two because of course like since she is so logical and everything like that like to have Sleepy Hollow come in and have them do you know like their investigations but still add the supernatural element to it and the yes this could be possible it I think it's going to be like a good a good chemistry like on and off on and off going back and forth because of course she's probably going to have her doubts here or there but oh, yeah. eventually so, yeah so I think it'll be really good I, I think it'll be a good dynamic I do too. and I think you know it was kind of it was brilliant to, to even think of it to do that I mean and, and we're going to get into our like <laughs> our crossover woes in a minute but um, I promised everybody I did a little um, it could be audio for everybody because everybody's missing it could be, and of course I am. So what yeah. I'll do is I'll play, I'll play that when we get back, and we're going to kick in and talk about the Vampire Diaries and the original. So we'll be back in a minute. So I hope you guys enjoy this, and uh, I'll be back in a minute. This speaks of two witnesses brought together for a seven-year period of tribulation to defend humanity from the forces of hell. Revelation? Their battle is prophesied to ordain the fate of the world on Judgment Day. You think that's us? You said after the woods you lost your way. But perhaps you were called to something, Abby, to finish the work your sheriff started. Perhaps we both were. Send her a text. It's always done these days. A missive composed by some cannot adequately convey emotion. Hence emoticons. Oh, yes. A grimacing lemon caricature. That should do the trick. You shotten herring! You are a scurvy louse. You are a slop bucket. You are a puss sludge. No good by-blow pair of buns. Are you gaming online? I'm not entirely sure. One thing I know is that my allies and I had just obliterated the largest horde of rabid zombies I'd ever encountered, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, Chief Wiggum 49 and Halo is my bitch 12 decided to frag me. Hell has frozen over. Indeed. <laughs> One sign of the impending apocalypse is surely skinny jeans. Oh, oh, the d- little wooden puppet boy. Pinocchio. Yeah. Nope, guess again. George Washington. He was our liar-in-chief. He formed the Culper Spy Ring. That was a network of liars. Thank you, Colonial Mythbuster.
he just needs new material. And we're rolling. Rolling. Rolling, yeah. Rolling. Rolling on the river. Rolling on the river. Your company holds the greatest value to me. Great. Your charm to defend against Morris. Do you have it? I dropped it in the woods behind the church. I'll find it. We'll meet there. Hold fast, Abigail Mills. I'm on my way. It'll be a pleasure to make your acquaintance all over again, Miss Mills. Yes? Josiah, you don't speak to me so formally in the future. And what would you prefer? Lieutenant. (laughs) Well, Lieutenant, let us change the course of history again. This level of intimacy commonplace in 
I know it's going to be crazy because it's it's Shonda it's Land Night on ABC, and then The Vampire Diaries and uh, the original they are uh, paired this year for Thursday as well. So it's going to be very competitive. Um, the DVD and the Blu-ray comes out on September 11th, and I have I've, I've, the only one that I got to right now. I got to. Uh, I watched a little bit of the the feature, the special features from the Vampire Diaries. I got they sent it to me. I'm gonna I have to do a review of it um, of the DVD for uh, I got both I got season six of DVD and I got season two of the originals. And so um, I'm gonna review that and I, I will put it up on on the Our Heart Network blog uh, probably by Saturday. But um, but it looks like um, they've got um, they get. You know, I know people were asking me what uh, what deleted scenes, and it's not the deleted scene that everybody was asking about, the one with Caroline and what was it? You know that one, right? They were um, asking for Caroline, the one that Caroline that uh, I guess Stefan was carrying Caroline. It was from, but it would have been from like season three or something, I think. Oh, no, uh, that was actually... Um, uh, that was actually season one, and what oh, happened okay. was um, okay. it was when Damon. Um, it was when you remember the reporter that um, Elena's aunt yeah, uh, Jenna used to date when uh, he had yeah, turned yeah, in yeah. season one. Um, right. You know, him and Damon had like a little face off or whatnot, and Damon right. ended up getting trapped. And then I think I, I can't remember the full details of it, but I think he ended up at some point calling Caroline and trying to use her to, because at that time he was, like, compelling her to do stuff. And, oh, um, okay. And use right. her to help him out, because he tried it twice, because he also tried it at the Salvatore house when Uncle Zach had, you know, put his butt in the basement, right. but she was stronger than that then. Uh, she was just like, I'm not going to fall for it. But the first time she kind of did, and I think Stefan caught wind of it. I think that was at the time they kind of knew what was going on between uh, Damon and Caroline and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Elena wasn't happy about it. So I think Damon intervened and then he ended up coming out to help her because I think some way she ended up back at Mystic Grill and she ended up like drunk because she even made a comment to Liz saying she was drunk as a skunk. And um, I remember like stepping at the end of it, like, you know, picking her up and walking her, um, putting her in the car, walking her home yeah. or something. But, yeah. Yeah, I remember that yeah. scene. I remember that scene. For me, I mean, I guess a lot of people go back to that. For, but for me, I just always looked at it as being, like, you know, a big brother. Like, I love yeah, that's- him, and Damon, him and Damon, you know, during, like, season two and, like, season three, how they kind of – because she was always the, you know, third girl trying to go, you know, help them save right, the world right. or save Elena. So I kind of like that. It, it always seemed to me like I was like, oh, that would be kind of cute if the Salvatores had a sister, you know? And right, um, right. and I was like, she would be the perfect combination of Damon and Stefan, really, <laughs> with Caroline's little wit <laughs> and stuff back and forth. But right. yeah, a lot of people go back to that. But yeah, that was a good episode. Yeah. I well, love season one. Season was good. They've got um, the Vampire Diaries. They've got this new feature. It's good and good luck, and then they've got best reaction, which is kind of it's it's pretty funny actually. Then they've got they added the uh, 2014 Comic Con panel to it, and then there's audio commentary. 
Um, I didn't see that, but the gag reel is pretty funny. It's not very long. I mean, it's like maybe, I don't know, two and a half minutes or something. Uh, I, I wish they would do like, you know, 10 minutes of gag reel or 15 minutes of gag reel because that, that stuff is always so much fun to me. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, and I know they have to have. I know they have to have so much. So it was they all? So you said in the like, uh, special features they were discussing yeah. the part where Stefan was carrying Caroline. Right, right. So you know, uh, that's in, that's in the uh, the featurette, whatever. Good bite and good luck, and then best reaction. But then in the, I I haven't seen the originals yet. But the originals has, um, on the Blu-ray, has the Awakening web series, which I can't wait to see, um, the 2014 Comic-Con panel, but also Come Visit Georgia, an unaired scene in a gag reel. But the other thing that's very cool is they've got this new thing this year, um, and I'm assuming that this will be for Sleepy Hollow as well. I don't know, because uh, I don't have the Blu-ray of that yet, but... Um, but it looks like they have this thing where you can, um, it's included with the purchase. You can add it to your digital HD uh, collection with ultraviolet, and you can watch anywhere. So even if you have the Blu-ray disc, um, you can download it. They give you a a redeemable code um, on the inside, and you can redeem it. And then um, you just set up your, your, your little thing, and then you can go and watch it wherever you're at. So you can access it anywhere if you don't have the yeah. if you don't have the Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and uh, anyway, so the other thing, so okay, so let's talk about the Vampire Diaries, I guess, first, since, since it's on at 8. <laughs> I guess that's what I'm basing it on. Let me tell you guys, um, I was able to talk to Jaden Chain. He is the, one of the newest vampires in Lily's clan. He plays the character Bo, um, and he's a very power. he told me this, he's a very powerful vampire, and he can do other things as well, which he could not tell me, but I was like, okay. Um, he said that bought that that actually Caroline is is going to be extremely worried about Lily and her clan. That he, that you know, she usually, you know, yes, she worries Caroline, but she, but she's like over the top worried. Um, so I'm, and she, and he, and he says that you know she has a great reason to be worried, but and he wouldn't tell me what that was, of course. Um, he did say that Bonnie will be prevalent as well in the storyline. But what else would he said, which I thought was very interesting, that even though Elena is not there, she she sort of does play a part, um, and that he, 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 she she still is very much there and, and a part of the show because a lot of Damon's motivations um, and how he's reacting and how he's dealing with stuff are because she isn't there. Um, and and to try and keep her memory alive. That's what that's how he he worded it. Um, he said that um, we're also going to see some very different things with Matt, which was great to hear because we didn't even get to talk to, about Matt at all at the Comic Con. Yeah. 
Um, and he said that um, we'll, we will see some. Well, we will see um, some discoveries about math that we were not aware of, and mm-hmm. you know how he's. He's going to factor in big time, I guess, into this this whole storyline, you know, with him being a cop and all that. So I thought that was very interesting. Um, I think Matt just, I, I think, I think he's going to have like a different reaction. I don't think he's going to be the same. You kind of start seeing it, you know, last season. I think he's mm-hmm. at the point now where he's lost his sister. He's basically seen like every single one of his best friends get like either died and, you know, be reborn all right. over again. Just, you know, like this whole supernatural world just like taking a hold of them and just like, mm. you know, kind of like absorbing everything around him and, you know, his town. And I think he's to the point now where I think when he becomes uh, sheriff and stuff. I think I don't think he's going to be as extreme as your one dude that was uh, right, right. Uh, your one guy that uh, came in. But I think he's I think he's going to kind of have like a different thing about it. Like you know, I, I'm going to try to at least keep some of the people in this town away from basically what you know happened to me and my friends. So I think it's going to be in a good place. But I think it's kind of all. Also, might be underlying like I'm really starting to hate you guys now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I that's that right. I hate you. <laughs> right. Well, you know, so. and, and it makes sense that you know he's been so underused and you know kind of in the background for so long. And 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 I mean, I hear that yeah, he's he's gonna probably you know there's gonna probably be some kind of a he's gonna get a love life, I guess, or something, some something to that effect. Um, that you know, we'll see him get. I don't know. Start having a life. We'll see. You know, like yeah. Cause he, you know, he's just been in the background, and and I think that since Jeremy is gone, I, I you know nobody talked about Tyler. I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, he's a werewolf back, or you know, whatever. Again, um, and so I think it's going to be interesting to see what he does. You know, I feel like. They don't know. I I almost this is my sense though. I almost feel like since they don't have a high school or a or like even even a a college life to you know they try to do that, but everybody is so scattered now. I mean now it's been a year. Um and what Michael Narducci said. Michael Narducci he he came it's so funny. You know, he came in and he sat down. This is at the uh, the vampire the Vampire Diary press room at um, SDCP, and he, you know, he basically just rattled off like a whole bunch of stuff. Um, he talked about oh, where is it? Oh, I guess I didn't write it all out, did I? I thought I did. Did I? Um, I I sort of remember what it was. Basically, what he said was is that there's going to be, I I guess there's going to be several timelines going on. So we're going to see present day is, you know, what it was at the end of the season. The place is a mess. You know, we don't know how it got to that. We're going to see a flash fo a flash forward, and a, and a flash and a backward flash backward to I guess Lily. 
they're going to go kind of – and what Ian had said, too, Ian during the, the press room had also mentioned, you know, well, yeah, it's going to be kind of like things. And Carol Andres, um, she talked a little bit about that as well. Um, he, he Narducci, he also said that, you know, there's – obviously there's going to be these new vampires that come in, that come in town and um, – Okay, no, that was for the original. Sorry, I've got like, but anyway, Carolyn yeah. Dries talked. I'm like so confused, but anyway, Carolyn Dries talked about the fact that um, that you know there's going to be this this different time shift. Yeah. See the time. Hello. Ooh, what happened? We're just getting into it, too. Block Talk Radio is something else. Okay, that was really weird all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I just, That's what I was about to say, too. I was like, what's going on? What happened? Okay, so first I'm going to play Dewey Black. Um, she she was there. Well, she was there for the original. Yeah. All right, let me play Carolyn Dree. She's the one that I talked to about the Vampire Diary. So this is Carolyn Dree. She's one of the writers and one of the producers of uh, The Vampire Diary. Cool. Oh, no, is this not working? I'm telling you. Can you guys hear that? No, huh? I can't hear any um, audio yet. Oh, my. You. <laughs> oh, my God. This thing, I'm telling you. This block talk radio, <laughs> I could just cry. Nothing ever works. I swear, last night it wasn't working. Every time I do a show, there's something else wrong. I cannot be yeah. this. Oh, my God. All right. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. So, what? Uh, so, um, let me see. okay. So, Julie said, she said that. Um, she can't because she does not confirm that it's the final season of The Vampire Diaries. She said that pairing it with the originals was a network decision. I asked her about that. Of course, you know, in the past she says, "Well, you know," and she said, "Well, you know, they thought they would that they could stay on, live, you know, stand on their own and blah blah blah." Um, I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. You know how I feel about that. I mean, yeah, I don't know what she thinks about yeah. that. Which I think the move is like perfect because I remember the first season. Um, uh, I remember the first season. A lot of people, you know, thought that too. Like they were just like, "Why?" You know, because it originally they premiered back to back. Like um, I remember right. the season premiere when it came out, and the Vampire Diaries um, did their season premiere episode, and then they did. Uh, that's when they did the recut of episode one. Mm-hmm. Always and forever for the um for the originals, and they showed that right after the Vampire Diaries, and then of course like the following week they were on Tuesdays. So a lot of people were questioning why they kind of moved them, you know, like that, and right. shows back to back. So I mean, I think this, I think it'd be, I think it was a good idea, um, by the executives just to go ahead and do it. But again, as far as like with my opinion, I mean. If you're not going to take advantage of it, I mean, you got to take advantage of it. You got to take out Flash and Arrow, even though I know it's not a competition. But they're, I mean, they're really on fire right now, as far as like CW's right. top shows. And you got to think like that's been um, the uh, that's been 
the Vampire Diaries for CW. Right. Um, they were their, you know, headline show. They were their top show. And I was like, you know, I mean, regardless, you know, I know, like they say, that they just want to tell their story and they really don't, you know, care about, you know, just, you know, numbers and getting this right and getting that right. But at the same time, like, I just so bad want to say, yeah, but you don't feel like a little, co- you know, a little competitive. Right, <laughs> right. Like, oh, we can do better than that, you know. It's like, we can do better than that. We've got vampires and werewolves and shapeshifters and witches and everything else, exactly. you know. Exactly. We can give exactly. these superheroes a run for their money. Of course, so, you know. You know. But we'll see. And I mean, I think... I think maybe the network did that to kind of be like, you know, let's see what it does. So yeah, well, we'll definitely you know, see. Yeah, I mean, I think Thursday is going to be like such a crazy competitive night now. I mean, on all networks that's got, it you is. know, and I think that the plan is, you know, I and what Julie said was like, you know, we want we want Thursday to be like, you know, okay, we're gonna we're gonna watch, you know, the vampire. This it's going to be the CW night. Well, I mean. Unfortunately for them, I mean, I'll be watching. I'll be watching Sleepy Hollow. So, you know, you're so, right. Yeah. And then you've got the scandal, the scandal, and um, how to get away with murder right. on the same night. And I think isn't the blacklist on Thursdays now? I mean, it's like a freaking. It's gonna be crazy, but um. Okay, yeah, so Thursday I, I, is so, so heavy competition. Is, very heavy. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. So, Carolyn Dries, what she said, I have it here, is uh, that there's going to be a band of vampires that come to town, um, and they're going to cause a ruckus, and that there's going to be three time periods going back and forth during the season. There's a past, future, and the present. There's no plan of that. This time for a crossover, so she's, she's totally for it and plans to chat with Michael Narducci about it. Um, I mean, I said to her during the interview, I said, I said, listen, I said, you know, what I don't understand is, there's been no mention of Mystic Falls in the originals or New Orleans, really, in the Vampire Diaries. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, the two, the two, you know, I mean, the originals is an offshoot of the Vampire Diaries, and there are people that are watching the Vampire Diaries, I mean, the, the originals, that don't even know about the Vampire Diaries. They don't know the history. They haven't seen it, whatever. And I said, you know, wouldn't it make sense to at least mention you know, Mystic Falls in the originals or, you know, New Orleans. And she's like, well, yeah, that, that would be a way to, to cross them over or connect the shows without having to do crossover. So I don't I don't understand why they are so reluctant. I mean, yeah. I mean, look at what Sleepy Hollow did with Bones. I mean, you know. That's yeah. So I don't, I don't you know, understand you know, why. I you know, I told you last. Uh, you know, I told you the uh, last night. I told you the other day. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, the fandom was so hurt. Oh God, they were so hurt. I mean, right. I remember in the tweets, and everybody was like, "Are you serious?" Like they were happy because a lot of the fans watched Sleepy Hollow as well, and they were like kind of excited. But yeah, I remember this one girl. You know, she tweeted out. She was like, "I'm so excited for the Sleepy Hollow and the Bones crossover." She was like. But at the same time, I'm very frustrated with Julie Clegg, Michael Narducci, yeah. and Carolina. <laughs> she was like, yeah. I'm like, these shows have, like, absolutely nothing to do with each other. And, I mean, she was like, I mean, yeah, the premise is kind of the same, but you wouldn't kind of, you know, think they would kind of 
be able to blur together. She was like, and here you have these, you know, two two writing teams and these producers like coming together. She said, which is probably going to be like an awesome crossover, you know. And it's right. not one of the best season, but best episodes of like Bones and Sleepy Hollow this whole season. She was like, so I mean, I know they can do it. She was like, I just don't understand why they don't. But she was like, but at least I'm excited for Sleepy Hollow. So it, right. uh, it was just like, oh, you know, because. You know, like you were saying, we have heard the different things with getting the actors on schedule and then um, getting it okay by the network and then it just being difficult to kind of like link up the two storylines. And then I think um, after we got off yesterday, um, I forgot mm-hmm. one of the writers, uh, Karina McKenzie, she was actually explaining it to a fan not too long ago uh, mm-hmm. on Twitter and she kind of worded it to where – it's uh she was like it's okay because I guess like one of the uh, fans was asking about um, the Flash and Arrow and she said well they're oh, yeah. well they're like season series shows or something she kind of worded it to where like they write their episodes kind of ahead and I guess it's not a cohesive storyline was what she was trying to say like she was like. Uh, Arrow and, you know, the Flash are kind of like in the same, you know, like universe, so it's kind of cohesive. She was like, but Vampire Diaries and the originals aren't, and I mean, when she tweeted that out, it was like so many people like, what are you talking about? Like, these people come from Mystic Falls. Like, Elena and the right. like, they haven't even discussed. They did Red Door. Nothing. But that really I didn't know. discuss the full, you, you know, because I think if some of the original fans, like, really understood, like, how long and determined Klaus was to break this curse. Like, I was right, like, you, right. know, he, you know, he found Catherine. You know, he lost her. He was just waiting right. on a win for, you know, another doppelganger. And then when, you know, of course, boom, Team Spirit, when he busts up at school, that's, like, all over. Uh, so right. Like, we have to deal with Klaus. So, um, you know, I was like, I think if some of the original fans that don't know about TBD kind of knew that history, they would really kind of understand Klaus's motives a little bit better um, yeah. on the show, certain things that he does. Because I'm like, this is the man that chased a woman for 500 years. 500 years. You know, like that yeah. dedication. <laughs> Most people exactly. give up after she's gone. <laughs> Exactly. Well, yeah, and, you know, and I think that I, this is my thing, um, and I said this to you last night as well, I just feel like there's a way to do stuff, you know, and I, and as, an, as a writer for, you know, sort of this type of a genre of a show, when you, somebody like Julie Fleck has two major, you know, shows that have such a great following like they have. Yes. I feel like, you know, she's sort of spreading herself too thin, first of all. I mean, you know, she's got this other show now. It's gonna, so it's going to be even, you know, she's, she's giving up her time even more thin than what she was before. But I feel like in the writing room, you have to take a step back and you have to say, listen, what is it that I, what story is it, what chapter of this story do I want to tell for this season, for these, you know, 18 or 22 episodes, whatever, however many you have. And then I think if they did that, they'd be able to, like, look at the big picture and see, 
you know, all these characters, they are connected already because they came from Mystic Falls. And it's just a matter mm-hmm. of having one underlying underlying storyline that goes through, you know, both shows that could affect both cities. That's all. And then it's a matter of, well, you know, here and there having little things like you were talking about, you know, wouldn't it be great if, you know, even if we just had, you know, Klaus, like, think about Caroline or, you know, just something. I don't know. Something. Something to connect Yeah, because... To. That's what really gets me. And then uh, when they, uh, when the other side was collapsing, that was like the perfect opportunity because, you know, you saw Cole kind of make an appearance back. And then, as you remember, that's how Michael was able to get close to Davina. So it was like underlining. It was there. Right. But it's like they just didn't run with it. And it was like that could have right. been the perfect connection because you've got like, you know, this team – which I call, like, you know, the little Scooby-Doo gang uh, when they yeah. all get together. So you've got, you know, the Scooby-Doo gang and Mystic Falls, like, over here that have put plenty of people on the other side and can be highly affected by half of those people coming back, which we saw. Um, that ended up making, you know, Bonnie and um, and Damon, you know, trapped over there for a while. And then on the other side, you have, like, probably millions of people <laughs> that the originals have probably condemned to there. And not only importantly, you have Esther and you right. had Michael and then you had Cole. So I was like, you know, I think at that time it was like a perfect opportunity to, um, you know, connect the two shows because I think they tried to do it very slightly uh, when yeah. the balls they were trying to figure out. And I remember the line, like Klaus came back around the corner and said, yeah, you know, some things are going on with the other side. That's how Michael was able to contact right. me. And somebody asked right. why, and he said, a witch. He was like, just a witch I know. And I was like, why couldn't you just say Bonnie? Why couldn't you just say I Bonnie? Know. You know, Rebecca would have known who Bonnie was. Right, exactly. You know, exactly. And not only that, you know, I, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a Bennett witch advocate, and I strongly believe that I'm like, you know, there's no way you can't tell me that a Bennett witch hasn't been in New Orleans. I said because oh. their, you know, their bloodline and history is so closely tied to the Michelsons um, because of a yeah. lot of people remember, you know, that's how Esther found out about the werewolves pretty much because uh, Bonnie's, you know, ancestor told her, you know, come here. If you come here, you know, there's, you know, there's no death, you know, the it's green it's um you know very plentiful to get back to you. It's the people are strong here. They're fierce. Um, they heal quickly. I mean, she was pretty much telling her, you know, if you're having issues, which you know I don't even know how. Maybe they were doing like a witch phone or something. But um, right. if you're having issues, you know, come back in. You know, bring your family over here because that's how she found out about Mystic Falls. And you know, Bonnie's ancestor was the one that actually gave her the spell. Exactly. They knew about the spell. Um, so that's why I was like, you know, well, there's no way you can you can't tell me that these two shows can't be connected because it's it's so much there. Oh, yeah. And like I was telling you last night, I was like, you know, witches harness, you know, from the earth, but they also harness from like natural occurrences throughout their lives. And I was right. like, There's no way you can tell me that when Esther got weak during the originals that, you know, they couldn't do a crossover kinda like what they did with the dirt. Uh, you remember the episode where they had to get the um the uh the Viking dirt? Yes, yes. 
yeah, so kind of like what they did to the dirt. And I was like, there's no way you can't tell me that at some point somebody was just like, okay, we, we need some dirt from home. We need some dirt right. from where we were made. You know, um, so and, now, and that, of course, is Mrs. Falls. Exactly. And, you know, and first, so it's so – and speaking of, I think did – it, did it upload? I think I finally got – and speaking of Cat. Uh, Graham and, and Bonnie, uh, I, I asked her about that, if they were going to bring in another Bennett witch. Um, I'm trying to see if it's here or not. Yeah, because, but, uh, you know, what? she had a cousin as well at the ball. Catherine knew her cousin, and I remember her right. and we never saw her again. And I was like, that would be so cool for Bonnie to, you know, have a cousin to come in because I always felt like, always felt like with Bonnie, like, she could have been a better, stronger witch, um, which, I mean, she's still strong, but she could have been able to understand her powers a little bit better. You know, we know yeah. she lost Grams early. You know, her mom lost touch pretty much. Um, that was the witch's way of, like, you know, punishing her when she left Bonnie. So she really didn't, you know, know too much about it or was as strong as Bonnie. But then you had her cousin, and I was like, you know, that would have been great if Bonnie had, like, you know, kind of like a, a family member, a member and an advocate that knew the family history just as well as Graham's that could come back yeah. and kind of guide her. I said, I think she needed that. And, you know, leading up to what you said before about the storylines, I honestly think from – you know, and just from running the website, you know, and being in the fandom and just, you know, talking to the different fans and stuff, I think their biggest complaint with TVD now is the separate storylines. Yeah. Um, they don't like them. They think that they alienate the characters, which they do, because last yeah, totally. night, I mean, you're going to have, like, Caroline and Stefan, and then you have, like, Bonnie and Elena and Damon over here. Then you have Matt kind of in the middle. Then you had Tyler over here um, with yeah. Liz. And then you have, like, the, the witch's coven going on, you know, in between it. But, you know, yeah. this one girl was like, it almost felt like that it was so chaotic that something bad was bound to happen because they never connected, she said. And that's what I loved about seasons one through three. She three, said because right. eventually they all came back to each other, even if, you know, you know, even if Bonnie and, um, you know, like she, she talked about uh, – the episode where all of them took the trip to uh, Duke. Yeah. And she said, you know, you had Elena and them, you know, uh, go to Duke and try to get more information and everything. And then you had everyone right, else right. stay back in the falls. She was like, but it was kind of awesome because <clears throat> at the end of they the episode, all together. of them kind of came together and was just like, look, this is, this is what happened. This is what we have. This is what we don't have. This is what we need to go, need to go. And exactly. she was like, you know, she said, I kind of miss that. A lot of other people say they miss the the uh, the um, friendship between all three of the girls as well. Yeah, uh, definitely. They did. I, I think season Let four, they kind of broke away from that, and they and they really didn't, you know, tend to push back as much um, mm-hmm. on it. But, yeah, their friendship hasn't been the same as it's been, which we're not expecting it to be the same, but you would think, you know, they right. All the stuff they went through. Even if they're mad at each other, they've got to be hella close with all the stuff they went through. They've lost family members over this, friends. Right, right. So, well, it's, I've, I've got a, you know. Ian, 
I've got Ian's up, and he does mention the first three. So here, let me play. I'll play Ian's uh, audio. Hopefully this works. Fingers okay. crossed, everybody. <laughs> Stefan, don't say Stefan. Paul will get so offended. I call him Stefan when I'm pissed at him. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to be I know. I think Enzo is going to sleep with my mom, and that's going to be awkward. <laughs> we were stuck so. in a cell together for 50 years, and now I think he's going to start stuffing my mom. In my fucking house. Um, yeah, I mean, look, this is Mystic Falls without Elena Gilbert. This is, we want to go back, back, back to the season one and season two storytelling of the show <clears throat> where it was fun and sexy and volatile and, and, and did I mention fun and sexy and volatile? Because that's what... Actually, the first three seasons of the show solidified this really interesting, fun story. I mean, look, let's not call it... Let's call it Spade a Spade. This is a melodramatic teenage vampire soap opera. Bottom line. But there are these amazing characters in the show, and, and people fell in love with these characters because we and the writers and this entire production team and all the executives and all the producers and all the writers and all the directors and all the actors worked our asses off to tell these stories. But it's hard to maintain that level of storytelling. And it's back. This, this very well may be the last year of this show and we have to go out the way we came in fighting tooth and nail for every breath of high quality television and not get bogged down in the mythology of all of it remember that it's the human condition the human connection even if people are like ripping each other's heads off and shit. But it's the human components of these characters that make them lovable. Damon is such a vulnerable guy. Yeah, he's a complete asshole. He senselessly, mercilessly... Mercilessly? Is that even a word? Yeah. Type, type oh, yeah of adverb. It's a type of adverb. Um, killed people. But he was so vulnerable that it made him likable. Stefan is this beautiful person and yet has this side that Ripper Stefan is one of the scariest things you've ever seen. So these people, it wasn't just the story of these people, it was also the story of this town. And we just want to go back to the human side of it um, and really tell some great stories and, and not compromise. I hate saying that. Are you really saying I'm okay. oh. Guys, you guys are... Quickly, go, go, go. By the way, my favorite story... My favorite storyline ever. I don't know. There's some really cool things. Thank you. There's some really cool things happening. I mean, my, the beginning of season six was my favorite shit with Bonnie and Damon in the 1994 prison world. They love each other. You know, she's the reason that Elena's totally passed out in that coffin. And when they look at each other, they sort of resent each other, but they love each other and they're stuck together. To me, it sounds like a recipe for some really great shit. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You guys rock, man. Thank you rock. love. Thank that? you. Ian. I love so Ian. Oh my God, He's I love him so fantastic. much. <laughs> I, I absolutely, the guy, I'm telling you, it was so, 
see, you know, and that was me. I was at, I got the one question that we got to ask him, you know, I'm like, yeah, uh, and I was asking him about, I said, Stefan, and he's like, don't ever call him Stefan. I said, <laughs> Stefan. I'm like, oh, okay. So he was teasing me about it. But anyway. <laughs> but it yeah, was so funny because I remember, I remember first watching the series with my friend and looking at the spelling, I would call him that and she would get so frustrated. She was like, his name is Stefan. And I was like, technically it's spelled fine. And she was like, no. It's, we just went like back and forth, <laughs> back and forth with it. And she was like, it's Stefan. That's it. And I was like, it doesn't look like Stefan. Look at it. It looks like <laughs> So it was funny to, like, hear that as well, too, because I know, like, a lot of people, you know, say that, you know, say Stefan as well, too. So Yeah. It was kind of cool. It was just so cute. I just, you know, and, and uh, somebody just tweeted me, did Ichabod cut his hair this in the new season? Let me just mention that real quick. Sorry to interrupt, but somebody's like, yes, his hair has been, like, a huge, huge thing. Yes, I'm mourning the wig, but he looks adorable. So, yes, he gets – anyway, sorry. Uh, all right. And speaking, speaking of hair, since we're talking about that, because, you yes. know, basically, you know, with both our <laughs> Brit boys, <laughs> with yes, both our, our Brit, Brit boys, boys, you know, we have this thing with their hair. But yep. um, they uh, released Entertainment Weekly, uh, got the uh, first look photo of Klaus meeting Lucian, I think it's going to be his name, which I love that name. Yeah, Lucian. Uh, yeah, I know me too. I've always loved that yeah, from be. Underworld. Uh, yeah. But uh, we get a first look of him looking at, which is supposed to be his, you know, uh, not maybe first. I don't know if they explained it. Not Well, I think it is, like, first protege type son. Um, so I know in the uh, article that was underneath it, he kind of uh, went into detail about he can't wait to see kind of the dynamic from both both his both his sons, like basically, you know, Lucian meeting like Marcel because both of them right, are like right. proteges of Klaus. Um, so it might be a little stuff going on there. But in the picture, it looks as though they cut his hair. Oh my so God, for no. all the ladies out there, be prepared. Joseph's hair might he be looks, a little shorter than what we saw at Comic Con. Uh, and he looks so adorable. And I have to say, I, you know, I think he's adorable. He's handsome on on show, but he's so cute in person. You know, and he's so nice. Uh, you know, he sat right across from me, and um, and you know, he sat. To, and we got him for a good ten, a little bit more than ten minutes, I guess it was. And um, you know, of course, I had to ask all of the fandom questions. And he's like, I appreciate you have to ask. <laughs> Yes, I have to ask. I have to ask. You know, he's just really—he was just really sweet, and he was pretty forward. You know, when he said uh, one of the one of the other um, reporters asked him, you know, where would you would you want Klaus to settle down? You know, basically, it would be boring. You know, if he was what he 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 talked about, you know, a TV dinner or whatever. Like, would he want to see yes. Klaus do that? Not really. I, I, you know, no. I don't think so. <laughs> absolutely, but. absolutely not. Absolutely not. And bringing that up, I think I think that was one of the, and I honestly think that was one of the misconceptions that a lot of the, you know, the people that don't like um, the ship Klaus and Caroline because everybody loves their own ships and that's fine. Yeah. Everybody can ship who they want to. Each ship appeals right, to different right. people. Right. And, right. um, 
I think that was one of the misconceptions because a lot of people kind of thought that, you know, we were trying to domesticate Klaus. And it was like, no, you know, yeah, we're not trying no. to domesticate him, you know. I, you know, because I remember this season when Caroline turned dark, I remember it was even an article uh, that came out from one of the reporters. Um, I can't remember the site, but they were even talking about it. Like, they were just like, this is it, this is crossover. Caroline's going dark. There's nobody that's going to be able to, like, you know, help her out with this right. besides Klaus. Who better Klaus. than Klaus? And right. um, I thought that would have been great, too, because, uh, you know, kind of in the back of my head, uh, which I call, you know, my phantom brain. Uh, right. <laughs> I think that Klaus and Caroline would be basically unstoppable if both of the if she was to go that dark and kind of stay that dark. Yeah. But on the flip side, I don't think that Klaus will want her to stay dark forever. I think he would yeah. want her to be kind of in between because you kind of see uh, when they were sharing scenes together how, you know, that was one of the things that he first saw, you know, in, in her, her with her yeah. darkness and just that underline of, you know, you're not this sweet bubbly girl like you pretend right. to be. You're not, you know, you're I can, not I can read behind it. Um, exactly. And, of course, we all know that Klaus, Klaus has that, you know, gift to tell because same thing uh, with Cammy, uh, he can, mm-hmm. you know, see her darkness as well with her brother or whatnot, which I really don't think the writers try to say it's kind of a darkness. I really don't see Cammy as being that dark because for one, she's, she's really, really, really moral and she's almost she's, more yeah. than Caroline. Uh, um, oh, and, I you agree. know, Caroline always kind of kept that humanity thing with, uh, you know, being a vampire, like, better than any other vampire. But I think Cammy, on the other hand, will never understand Klaus's motives for killing people. No, um, not at all. I, I mean, also she can think try. That, right. And I think her darkness comes from just her brother. I don't think it's really a darkness that she has. I think it's more or less the guilt that she has. Because I remember um, earlier in the season, they talked about, um, her guilt a lot as far as like what happened to a brother and I think that's one of the reasons why she you know tries to cling to Klaus as much as she can because she's like you know maybe I can save this person you know right. since I couldn't save my brother but I understand and which I do I understand you know the writer's angle and you know understanding on that but it just comes across totally different and you know I told you last night it, to me I just feel as though Cammy tells me things about Klaus that me being a uh, being a fan of TVD already knows. Um, yeah. But I understand oh, why yeah. I have to throw it in there because people that oh. don't watch TVD need to know those things as well. So I just but think kind of imagine? like she's like a mirror reflection. Right. And if they would just do a crossover, people would be watching both shows. That's what I don't understand. You know, that's why right. I'm just so frustrated. And it makes more sense. I mean, the show, you know, I mean, if Sleepy Hollow and Bones can freaking do it, then I don't understand why a spin a show that came from another show on the same network that's 30 minutes away from each other can't do it. just makes no sense to me, you know? Um, exactly. So let me, and let me, uh, let me see. Okay, let me play. I, I got Candace's uh, uh, interview. Uh, Candace. She, we were talking about her a minute ago. She says that, yeah, she talked about, you know, that Carolyn's just going to be focusing on what she wants to do with her life and, you know, um, and she doesn't think the Enzo thing's going to, I don't think, go anywhere, which, okay. Um, 
And but what I thought was interesting is, you know, she she just kept saying that. So why don't we? Let me uh, let's see where is it. I like her. Hold on a minute. I do too. I mean, I think it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with her because she doesn't really have a direction right now. I mean, before, you know, she's got, huh? And um, well, you were saying it right, but it's something that popped in my mind that I thought before, yeah. which I thought what the show was trying to do with her and um, Isna was uh, when they went to go find Stefan's other doppelganger down in Atlanta. Right. And, you know, at first everybody was talking about, oh, he's a Klaus replacement, this, that, or the other. And, it, no, you know, it's true. They, so. they did. You know, Katie's well. very, you know, and, but I didn't think he was. I thought he was a little bit more, you know, laid back than Klaus yeah, because, like I tell everybody, you know, Klaus is a control freak. But I but also Klaus thought like that maybe the, evil. I also thought maybe the writer's angles was just like, you know, when he ended up killing him, and he was like, you know, sometimes you have to do stuff for the people that you love, period, right, you know, regardless right. of what it is. And I kind exactly. of thought, I said, you know, this is getting her prepared. This is getting her ready. This is what Caroline really needs to kind of understand being a vampire, which is always something that Klaus tried to always get her to see. And I was like, right. oh, he is it's kind of like, you know, you know, playing, you know, the ghost of Christmas past, so to speak, and just kind of, you know, reiterating that and saying, hey, you know, sometimes you have to do bad things for people that you love. And exactly. um, it just kind of clicked for me because I remembered all of the dialogue that her and Klaus shared mm-hmm. as far as, like, you know, why he did things that he had to do and, you know, why he didn't do this, but instead why he did this. So I always right. thought that maybe the writers were going that way. And then, of course, they threw me with the loop when they brought in the Stefan and Caroline thing because I'm like, right. you know, I thought it was going to be like another big brother. Um, I think one of my favorite scenes with him was when he went in and told Stefan off when he went to the car and found, Car- found Caroline oh, crying. Yeah. But, you know, and then they just kind of like separated them and they never shared any scenes. And I thought their chemistry was like awesome. Um, yeah. And I thought it was the type of TV chemistry to where it could go either way. Like, I feel like the mm-hmm. audience um, would have rooted for them if they did try to match them up together as a couple. Right. But I also think that the audience was still rooting for them just as a friendship um, because yeah. the chemistry was so good. So, right. you know, but I'm hoping maybe they're going to have, like, more scenes or something. Maybe. We'll see. Well, this is what Candace had to say. So, uh, let's see. <laughs> Okay. I have no idea where any of it is going to go this season. We only have three scripts out to us right now. But I can tell you as we get into the season, um, Caroline's still really focused on um, uh, kind of putting back the pieces of her life together and recovering from the death of her mother and she's trying to understand um, what her grief is and how she's going to grieve. Um, And as far as Stefan goes, she really is determined to keep him at bay and and just have him be a friend. Um, But she's also finding that that is much more difficult than she anticipated. I like Stefan and Caroline and I, I love that it's been such a slow burn and I love that you know, it, that it goes back even to, like, that first pilot episode, and she's just sitting there like, none of the boys ever pick me. And so, like, for her to be chosen, I think, by him specifically, all these seasons later, 
is really wonderful, and and I I like I think it's just really sweet for that character. And as we get into season seven, we're gonna also um, watch her kind of look back over the years at what their friendship and relationship has been, and um, and realize that you know they've he's been in love with other people while she maybe did notice him before he noticed her. How would you want your 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 character's arc to end? So say say this was the last season, not saying that it is, or say mm-hmm. it's eventually next year, or whatever. How would you want to see Caroline end her story? Like, where would you want her to be? Would you want her to be completely different as she is now, more than she, or more like she was? Honestly, one. I would love her to be on location in the Caribbean islands. <laughs> I'm saying, like all the other shows on the CW, Gossip Girl goes to Paris, One Tree Hill's like skiing at some ski lodge, and then goes to the Bahamas. Like we've gone nowhere, yeah. <laughs> nowhere. Seven years, bring us to the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or we'll yeah. go to Europe. Yeah, yeah. Bring, we'll go anywhere. Um, I go to bed earlier. <laughs> this may be a good way I've grown. My taste in wine's gotten pricier. Um, uh, yeah, it's been, it, it is such an incredible experience. My husband's a musician and he's been in a band for almost 12 years now. And, and so, it, and it's just four of them. So it's, and it's not even just us as a cast, it's the production, it's the writers, it's, you know, we've got some a whole bunch of crew members that have been there since day one. So the fact that we can, we've all just like been through so many life experiences, standing next to each other. Um, it, it is this bizarre family that you just, you know, you will always have. And even if we don't see each other all the time, if we bump into each other at the street, like we know what we've all been through together. So I don't know what Caroline wants to become. I don't know. They haven't written it yet, so as soon as they write No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think right now, I mean, that really is, is you know, as far as coming back into the season, her main focus really is just what is she going to do with her life. So I think that is genuinely what she's trying to figure out. I think that Caroline is very strong. Um, I think that she's just a romantic heart. I think that, like, her intention from day one of this series as a character has always been to be loved. It's not to save the day. It's not to be the best person. It's not to, like, save the world. She just wants to be loved. And that is such a human want and need. And I don't think that she's ever let go of that. And I think that strong women can still have that desire. Um, but, I, yeah, I think that that will just always be with her. She'll always be looking at the guy and just wanting him to love her bad. I don't think any... I mean, I think it's a very small uh, group of people that would want to... that can play just the character forever. And I think it's, I, I think it's great. It's so many things are coming back now with the original cast. And I think years later, um, maybe that's a really cool... <laughs> 
you know, I think that I could see happening. But at this point, um, I, forever is a very long time. <laughs> so I'm I'm excited just to be going into season seven right now, and I'm more excited to kind of see how this character's grown over the past six years. Uh, when you play a character for six years, especially in a television series that is 22 episodes long, um, it's just inevitable that there's go- you're going to like read a script and be like oh, wait, that's me, I actually said that, or that's exactly how I would have said that, and I don't like the way that it sounds. You're going to find, you're going to realize those things about yourself and while you're also learning about the character. Um, and you're and there's going to be fun stuff, too, where, like, you know, because you say things in a certain cadence, the writers pick up on that. So there is inevitably a part of you in that character, um, but there's also a lot of differences, especially in a show that is, like, you know, based in the supernatural mythology world, um, and that's what keeps it fun and separate too. So, um, yeah, I think that character will always be a part of me, and I'll always be a little bit a part of her. Well, we do care about you. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Have a good I appreciate day. it. Thank you. Have fun. All right. So that was Candace. <laughs> so oh, nice. she seems like a sweetheart. <laughs> Yeah, she was, and she was just really, she's a lot, she is a lot like Caroline. I mean, people have said that. This is the first time, because last year she didn't make it to my table, um, and so I, I didn't get to meet her, but a lot of people were always like, oh, she she's, she seems like, you know, Caroline. I thought, she you know, she's just very light and fun. You know, she's just, um, you know, and I think that ultimately I think everybody, you know, everybody that we were talking to, especially from, the Vampire Diaries in particular. I mean, I think, uh, especially like Kat, she talked about, she's got an album coming out. She's been doing some other, she's got a couple of films she's been in. You know, they're doing other things. And so I think that kind of signals to me anyway that I I, I get the sense this is probably the last season, you know. And, and yeah, we talked I about this too. yesterday, right? So, yeah, I kind of uh, got that feel from her interview as well, and Ian's, and especially now because um, you know people follow her, which she's she's so great to follow because she's just like a refreshing, you know. I mean, sometimes when I look at her Instagram and stuff, I'm just like, you know, this, this person can't be like famous and be on TV because it's just so you know laid right. back that she'll you know send out. And she recently started a um blog, uh, well, kind of like an Instagram page, uh, which you can always find the link to it at the original, um, always and forever, AEF.com, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, and basically she's doing like uh, her different travels, and she loves to eat, like, you know, try all these different foods, like her and her husband, like, love Instagramming pictures of their meals and stuff, and all of them just look delicious. And um, different little things, and then under it, she tells you different little, you know, um, niches to go to and try. Uh, if you're ever in that city and all that stuff, you know, where to find this at, where to find that, like antique furniture, you know, cute little clothes, budget-friendly clothes. So it's it's really good to kind of see her going into that, which I, I can kind of see her doing that. And, you know, she's also been singing as well. Um so, which, you know, she started out as a singer uh, anyway, so it's kind of good. And like you stated, like, everybody's kind of, you know, taking on new things. Um, right. You know, and branching out a little bit. And from her interview, it was so funny because 
um, the whole time when she was talking about Caroline just wants to be loved, and when she made the statement, like, just to be kind of picked by him, and I was like, no, I was like, because you're still second. Elena was still right. first, and Elena's always going to be there, and one of the spoilers that came out said that they're going to have some moments where that's kind of brought up, and um, which is understandable. And that was one of my fears for Caroline because I was like, I don't want her to feel that way because she went through phases where she didn't feel that way. And for her to kind of go back to season one and feel like, you know, she's, you know, Elena is always picked over her. And, you know, I said, you know, even if her and Stefan, you know, are soulmates and besties or whatever, you know, the show ends up uh, doing with their relationship, still for me, Elena's still going to be his his. Well, actually, you know, when you think about it, Catherine's going to be his first love, but Elena's going to be right. you know, up there. You know, it was too much history there for it to be ignored. And I think that, I think with a lot of fans, regardless of who they ship Caroline with, I think um, a lot of fans of Caroline, which I am, she's like my favorite uh, character on The Vampire Diaries. I think mm-hmm. with her, a lot of us are kind of let down by, we feel as though they're like making her settle. And um, and it's not really fair to her character because she could, you know, she could do so much more. And when she brought up, you know, Caroline just wants to be loved, first thing I thought about is Klaus does too. You know, he just right. wants to And you can see kind of like the similarities between both, which everybody on there wants to be loved as well. You can kind of get that same feeling with Damon as well. I mean, that was right, right. to be loved because if you remember correctly, you know, Catherine always chose Stefan. You know, he was kind of in the same boat as Caroline, you know, and right. Klaus was kind of in the same boat. Like, everybody always picks, you know, everybody else but me. You know, everybody loves Noble Elijah, and, you know, everybody loves, you know, cool Stefan, and, you know, everybody loves, like, Elena. So, you know, I kind of always felt like all three of those characters had, like, just so much in common when it came to that aspect of it. And just for her to say, right. just, like, at the end of the day, that's all she really wants. And I was like, that's really, you know, I remember Joseph saying that in an interview as well, um, saying that that's all Klaus really wants. He just wants to be loved by the people that he thinks should love him. Um, And I was like that, you know, it's interesting that she kind of brought up that aspect as well, because that was one of the biggest things where people was just like, oh, you know, so, but We'll see what they're going to do with it. I mean, me, of course, like I always tell people, I started out a multi-shipper because I loved um, Caroline and Tyler together, too. But it was interesting because, like, uh, when I was talking to one fan, you know, I told him, I said, I feel as though, just like in life, each relationship gives you something and helps you grow. I was like, and I feel exactly. as you know, she needed that relationship with Matt to kind of get her out of that and help her, you know, get past her Elena hang-up. And she needed that relationship with Tyler because her and Tyler, you know, depended on one another so well. And, you know, he chose her without, you know, even giving a glance to Elena. And she needed that relationship with Klaus because Klaus kind of told her, you know, that she devalues herself a lot. And I think that's one of the things I'm afraid of this season. Like, you know, I think – the way they played it a lot in season five mm-hmm. was like Caroline had no worth. You know, she, she didn't know right. she was beautiful or full of light and, you know, this, that, or the other. And I always felt that was one of the things that, you know, Klaus will always tell her, like, you're strong, you're better than this, you know. And I was kind right. of 
itchy about her turning off her humanity as well because I kind of wanted to see it, but I didn't want it to be from her mother's death. Right. Um, you know, I was kind of thinking, you know, 500 years in the game, it's like, let's try something new as a vampire. You know, I can flick it off for a little bit. You know, I was thinking further down right. the road for Caroline to kind of, you know, do that because I always thought that, you know, she's the strong one. And if anything does happen to her mom, she's going to hold on to that. She's not going to turn off her humanity because she's right. a control freak as well. And she would she always. She is a control to, freak. Yeah. She's very she much a control freak. Be, um, better. And, you know, that's what I've always thought, too. And that's why when I tell people, you know, because a lot of people get on, you know, people still like in class and Caroline and stuff, too. And yeah. I said, you know, magic like that. Magic like that happens only once in a while, especially right. on um, TV series, um, to find like, two actors that have great chemistry and that can really play off each other and improv, which we've learned, uh, with, each, with each other very well, and it flows. Yeah. And said, I think that was one of the reasons why a lot of fans, I think they were surprised, and I think I told you last night, I said, I honestly believe them when they think, you know, they were just trying to grow and give a catalyst to each character. And I think they were honestly really surprised by how many people fell in love with Klaus and Caroline. And I think, like, when you think about it, when you break up the individual character traits, like, Klaus is a control freak. He wants to be loved. Caroline is a control freak. She wants to be loved. I mean, it was just so many similarities there, and I think maybe the writers kind of, you know, had that in their mind when they were making it, but I honestly feel like maybe they didn't. I honestly feel like that they didn't see as much, you know, as the characteristics because, honestly, I loved Stefan and Rebecca together. And the reason why... You know what? I did, too. I yeah. I thought they really matched each other actually. I thought they Right. I thought I thought she brought out a very ripper free but carefree Stefan. And yeah. I thought he, you know, brought out like the little girl part of her and my reasoning behind that was because both of them want to be human. They hate being vampires. Um right. and I thought that was like maybe the, you know, draw that both of them had to each other because you know, she, you know, Rebecca begged her brothers, you know, for, you know, seasons that she just wants to be human. She doesn't want to be a vampire. I said, and, you know, Stefan really doesn't. You know, that's a part of him to where, you know, he's okay with it. But if he had the choice, of course, we know that he would take the cure. But, of course, him right. being Stefan and being good and, you know, caring about Elena, he's always going to give her that first choice. And I always thought that was one of the things that, um, you know, the writers were thinking about. And that's why I think sometimes where, you know, I think as a writer sometimes you have to step back um, because magic does happen on pen and paper. Right. And sometimes you're not thinking as hard for it because, you know, these girls, like when I was telling you last night, they write, like, the best matters, and they'll break down mm-hmm. things and point out stuff from scenes that, like, I, you know, went over my head just rewatching it. Right. You got to think, you know, with with fandoms, you know, they're going to like fine tone every single myth, every single yeah. word, every single conversation, yeah. every single episode. They're going to know it like the back of their hands, and they kind of like, you know, Candace was saying, like they kind of become, you know, acting the characters. They kind of, you know, leave their imprint on the characters as well. And I think the right. fans kind of do that as well because I always felt like as fans we're like 
you know, the family members. So, of course, if right. a new girl comes along, we're always like, oh, she's not as good as what from college. You know, we're always that cousin. I know. Mm, totally. I don't like this one. You know, because like we've grown with these characters as well, so we know them as well. And I think that's what the writers kind of forget. And like you said earlier, I think if they took a step back and really looked at it, I think yeah. it would kind of click to where they'd be like, oh, this is why they like, you know, stepping in right. together. You know, this is why they like Klaus and Caroline together. This is why they like, um, you know, this is why they like Damon and Elena together. So, And, you know, it's the same thing, like, I was going to say, with like, even with Sleepy Hollow, you know, I mean, what we went through in season two, there was, the thing is, is they, Fox knows how great Tom and Nikki's chemistry is on and off the screen, and they see that. And so yeah. they, you know, like I said earlier, I talked to you yesterday about this a little bit, was that, you know, they had season one was just very, um, they, they knew what the story was, just this was what the story was, and it was a tight story, it was, you know, everything was revealed, you know, they just did a fantastic job, and then season two was a little bit stumbled, I felt like they had all these ideas for, like, standalone episodes, but then they were trying to kind of, you know, fit every, and then the whole thing was, you know, after Deliverance happened. But but the thing is, is that, you know, they took a step back, and they, the producers, I know, the executive producers, they, they met with people, you know, like, like Josh Wheaton and, and um, Jane Espenson, and, you know, to say, what can we do? Because they know how passionate we are about the show, the fans, Sleepyheads. And, yeah. you know, and that's what they're doing this season. You know, they're going to, you know, it's one, I think it's going to be a fantastic cohesive story. But, I, you know, I feel like if they would just do, if if if, if Julie Slack would just take a moment and just take a look, a big, large look at both, I feel like they should have, like, two blackboards, one with Vampire Diaries and one with the original. And I feel like they should all just, like, everybody, whoever's writing for both shows need to be in the room. And I feel like they just need to, like, remember what seasons one, two, and three were of The Vampire Diaries. And then when, you know, what, how the feeling of that and then the character. You know, like, I feel like they have they've sort of forgotten who Klaus is. We talked about this yesterday a little bit. I felt like, yeah. you know, because, you know, he, they kind of domestic domesticated him a little too much. And, you know, right. yes, you know, yes, you have to find that. I love that there are these little bits and pieces of humanity. Actually, and I'm going to play this right now since we're talking about it real quick, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I clipped that, the little debate, the story that he tells his daughter, you know, at the end of, of the season, which I absolutely yeah love that scene. I loved it so much. So let me play that and, and then uh, and then we'll come back. It'll just be a minute. How is she? She's safe. And well, according to Freya. And I promise you, by whatever means necessary, I will release you from this. I want you to make me another promise, Elijah. I can't let Klaus be the only thing that she knows. I need you treasure 
in all the kingdom. His beautiful little princess. But victory came at a price. Allies lost. New enemies made. And so, the Wolf King stood alone. Happily ever after, it was not. But sometimes, even the worst endings are not really endings at all. Elena. 
And, you know, it was kind of good to finally, like, you know, have somebody tell Klaus, you know, no, you know, you're doing this because you're hurt. Just admit that you're hurt. You know, you can, right. you can, feel, exactly. you can tell somebody that you're hurt, that they hurt your feelings, and it won't make you look right. any less. And, you know, it was kind of good, the journey to get there. But now I feel as though it's kind of too easy. I feel as though they have, like, a lot of the um, vampires where – wear their heart on their sleeves and I mm-hmm. think and I think that's why like especially with the originals you have a lot of people that like the baby and then you have a lot of people that don't like the baby and I kind of understand where right. they, you know are coming from because mm-hmm. I'm really not like a baby baby fan you know I'm okay with like it being in the show with what they've progressed it to now but I do understand you know people's worry about it because like I told you last night you know Season one was making sure that, you know, Haley and the baby were safe and that she was able to give birth to Hope. Season two right. was, you know, trying to, you know, defeat the evil, you know, fairy, you know, godmother, which was uh, right. Dahlia. And, Dahlia, you know, season yeah. three is going to be, you know, a custody battle between, um, you know, Klaus and Haley with who they right. raise Hope. And I'm like, you know, I want them to give them, and I think from what I'm hearing from a lot of fans, is they want them to have different things to do. Like, they yeah. want to see them do different things. Like, they don't want to see them run around town worried about the baby for 45 minutes, you know. Exactly, you know. And, but yeah, and I mean, the other thing is is that, you know, we talked about this before, you know, Alaric, I'm so happy that Matt Davis was back in the, vamp- the Vampire Diaries. I mean, he was yeah. like sorely missed. I mean, I absolutely love Alaric. And then they kind of trapped him in with, you know, getting married and not being pregnant. And then they, and then they killed him. You know, I, I guess my thing is with 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 uh, with um, Haley is that, you know, she's she's kick ass. You know, supposed to be you know queen of the werewolves and 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 hybrid and and all of this. And but giving her this. Uh, just a baby storyline. I mean, sort of like you might as well watch, you know, any any standard soap opera. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it really weighs them I, down. I mean, and that's what does, you know, fans I mean, get so frustrated. Um, that's why fans get so frustrated with the writers when, you know, you hear people and then, of course, fans that love, you know, and they get on, you know, the fans that don't. And they're just like, oh, mm-hmm. you would have them, like, kill a helpless baby and, you know, the baby. And it's like, no, you know, they're trying to push past the potential. This storyline has been going on now, going on season three, and is weighing the potential of the characters down. If Haley's going right. to be a kick-ass queen in the bayou, she can't do that feeding baby hope. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's going to have to be like an in-between, and I think that's what the writers are missing. I think they miss that in-between. Like, you see yeah. snippets of her being, like, you know, right. head of Kick the you know, clan and, and stuff like that, right. and then you see overly, you know, overdrawn tones of her being a mother, and it's like, you know, just like with Klaus, you see him trying to be – you know, old ruthless Klaus, but then you have right. him tied to these right. anchors that are just sinking him. And for right. him, I think the anchor, for him, he has three. Um, you know, it's yeah. Haley, it's the baby, and it's Cammy. You know, they're sinking right. him. And it's like exactly. you, you see the character, and you kind of really see Joseph, like, 
um, you know, trying to just, like, rise above it and, you know, give Klaus all that he can give. Because I remember the episode, um, the two episodes where Klaus, you know, went, like, crazy when he was on Aunt Dahlia's side and he was being, Mm -hmm. you know, badass Klaus again. I mean, I think, like, out of nowhere, like, Joseph was like, you know, Klaus is back tonight, you know, because he always loved that side of Klaus as well. And you could tell he was, like, really, really excited for the fans to kind of see this. And people kind of didn't react as much as, you know, as much as, like, I guess, like, in TVD land, uh, people would react with Klaus's, you know, shenanigans. And I said, but honestly, out of the past two seasons, that was the only two episodes where I saw any smidge of really who right. Klaus was. Because, and I understand when you have some fans saying, well, characters have to grow. Yes, they have to right. grow. But what I always try to tell people deep down inside is people grow, but people never really change certain characteristics. That's right. Klaus is going to forever right. be lonely. He's forever right. going to have father issues. He's forever going to be a control freak and try to control his family and everybody else around him. You know, he, right. you know, it's certain things that, like, you can't just change with somebody by giving them a baby. And I think exactly. essentially that was the writer's plan to do. And I think right. now it's kind of, I think now they're kind of stuck. Because um, you see them trying to, like, right the wrongs, which is great. But I think right. at the same time, it's kind of like getting to the point where the stories are getting lost. And just like you said, um, on the CW, they ended up having uh, it was like the uh, the little quick bites, and yeah. I started going through and watching, you know, the summaries and stuff of uh, the first beginning of the season to the end of the season, and mm-hmm. the storylines don't even match. Like where the yeah. characters were coming into season two is totally different totally from where different. the story was at you know yeah. season three. And exactly. for a minute in my mind, I was like, no, that happened first season. And then I had to right. think and said, oh, that was like the first half of the second season. Right. And right. I think that's what, I think that's what people are kind of like getting more and more frustrated about because, yeah. you know, they want people to link up more and they want, you know, everything to link up we a lot want, better. We want it to be more connected. <laughs> and, you know, and I have, I have the clip of Joseph up finally. I got mm-hmm. it. I got it. I don't know, re-uploaded. So, what, so, so this is what he said uh, at Comic-Con um, in the press room. And he talks about, you know, files and stuff. So, so here's this. And uh, let's see. Hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's no. I mean, he's the lonely king of the castle, isn't he? As we saw him at the end of season two, you know, he's uh, he's really alienated all of his friends and family. He's um, done some pretty unforgivable things. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, and that's where we find him at the beginning of season three, trying to reconcile with his brother especially although you know after toasting his girlfriend and uh, uh, you know cursing the woman he's in love with I, I don't know if he's going to be able to uh, reunite them to, to, to put some strength back in that bond it's going to be difficult for him um, so that's where we find him yeah yeah. 
I don't know. I think it's complicated, you know, the same as his other uh, potential relationships. I know there's a few ships out there passing each other in the night. Uh, I mean, first of all, I'm always grateful for people investing in the show so much that they're passionate enough to say, you know, these two people must be together, everyone else should die, or whatever, you know, <laughs> it, it, it is, it's kind of amazing to see. Um, I think Klaus is self-destructive, he consistently forms relationships and then breaks them, he stamps on them, he, he damages them, uh, and... I think unless something big changes, he'll continue to do so, you know, and should he find love, he'll almost certainly mess it all up for himself. So he needs to, to learn some serious lessons if he's to get it right, I think. Because, you know, I, I, I came into Vampire Diaries where I was the villain, right? And so I, from the beginning, I just, for me, as part of my process, I, I have a need to find the motives for the villain. I can't just be doing something because I'm evil. Or, you, know, you know, there has to be uh, a reason which which Klaus is engaged with for why he does these things. And so, then when that reason is challenged, then um, we 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 see the cracks and we see the emotional connection he has to his motives and therefore his vulnerability. And so, uh, I think. I was lucky enough for, for that to be exposed and for the audience then who started off perhaps hating him to become connected to him and, and engaged with him and, and you know because of that I believe the spin-off was allowed to live you know because we started to see not only Klaus but Elijah and Rebecca at, and their emotional connections and, and things that they were connected to and, and the, the vulnerabilities because if he was just strong all the time, if Klaus was just merciless and, and violent and evil all the time, I don't believe we would connect to it. There has to be those little moments of vulnerability, the little moments with his child telling her a bedtime story, you know. Uh, if we just see little glimpses of that, then he can tear as many heads off as you like. People are still going to vote for him, going to root for him, you know. And, and I've been lucky enough to be given those moments. I think he'll regret it if he does. You know, maybe in a moment of rage. Uh, but Marcel is family. No doubt about that. He, he is a son to Klaus. Uh, but, you know, Klaus tried to put a white oak stake in Rebecca and she's his sister. You know, he, he... Because he's so unpredictable, I believe nothing is impossible. In a moment of, uh, of anger, perhaps, yes. But that certainly he would he would feel terrible after because he knows that he he could do better by hope. He tries to do what's right, but that's not always what's best for her and what's going to influence her to grow up and be a a strong, independent, emotionally well balanced woman. Um, and I think that eats away at him. You know, every time he makes a mistake and he knows it's affected his daughter. Uh, it, it eats away at him, but he's trying. You've got to give him that. He's trying. I mean, we can just insert names at the end of that question, can't we? Uh, I think he finds that extremely hard. You know, perhaps after some significant therapy, but I, I don't know. I think he finds that pretty difficult. Um, you know, which is why he's, he ha hasn't been able to 
form healthy relationships in general because he he's very guarded and he's very reluctant to be vulnerable. I think perhaps, especially recently, only with his daughter is he allowed little moments when no one's looking you know, to be vulnerable. You know, uh, first of all, I have no control over that situation. But I appreciate you have to ask. And once again, I would say I'm very grateful for the investment of the fans in that. You know, we're all aware that that's been a huge shift and, uh, and, and continues to, to, be, to, to be sailing strong. And, um, you know, I, I know uh, Caroline's going to play a huge role in the next series of Vampire Diaries, uh, and uh, as is Klaus in the originals. So I, I just don't know. I think if nothing else ever happens, then it remains a significant moment in time which people can always look back to and go, wow, that was something special about the series. Um, but the truth is, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. Regardless, I don't think Klaus should settle down with anyone. I, I, I think he's, that would be the end of, <laughs> of the originals. There's no drama then, you know, if he's sitting down for a TV dinner with 2.4 children. But I, I, I you know, whatever storyline they choose to pursue, I hope it remains dramatic and Klaus remains in the eye of the hurricane. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, so wasn't he cute? Oh my gosh, I could listen to him all day. <laughs> he was. Isn't he great? He really was. And I always like that about him too. Like his accent is always a little bit different. I mean, you can kind of tell that like a lot of the British actors, like they, you know, it, you know, emphasize yeah. their um, accents when they have to, but like when you see them kind of laid back and you know yeah. off camera and off set, it's kind of like more laid back and and you know fun and all that stuff. And I, I love that. But it was yeah, too adorable. And I did, uh, I did write this out. I thought I did, Michael Narducci. So what he says about the originals is this: is that there are some new vampires that are going to show up. They're about 990 years old. They have been sired. They are the original sired by the original. So they're concerned that if our originals are taken out, then, of course, they're inside, the entire fire line is killed now. What right. does this mean for Marcel? Because, you know, Marcel, you know, he's sort of, you know, he's the king of the vampires now, right? So is he going to... You know, is he going to stay loyal to Klaus and to the Michelsons, or uh, Narducci, you know, probably, well, what happens if somebody, you know, says, hey, I know, I've, I've got a plan, I know how to neutralize Klaus without killing him, and so, you know, it won't kill everybody. You know, do you think Marcel's going to, which side is he going to choose? And then, of course, Davina, you know, she's the queen of the witches. She's got an axe to grind now because, of course, you know, they, Michael, they manipulated her one shot at getting pulled back. I think, and talking to um, Danielle, um, you know, I asked her about uh, Cole, and, um, you know, she thinks that, she thinks that, that, they'll, that she'll figure a way to bring, bring Cole back. I mean, I, I think so, too. I mean, I don't think that they would just leave it be because I really like them together. I thought they were really cute. Um, yeah, they were. They were they were really cute together. Um, yeah, a lot of fans really took to them and thought they were really cute and stuff like that. So they they were definitely like really cute together, and um, yeah. I think they had good chemistry as well. So 
it's going to be interesting. And just like he said, you know, I I definitely understand where, you know, he's coming from as far as, like, with clouds. Um, right. relationships and stuff like that, but yeah. and which you know, I've always told people I don't think that he's gonna, I don't think he could fall in love that easily anyway. Um, besides with his daughter, and you know, I think he did fall in love with Caroline, but I think it was because of different circumstances that they were put against that kind of enhanced the emotions at that right. time. Right. I think even if you know even if we did get a scene to where they were just like, okay, hey, this happened in the woods, what are we going to do now? I think that still at the end of that, I think that, you know, Klaus would still explain to her, you know, look, it's things that I have to deal with in New Orleans for right now. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I'll let you know, and I think Caroline would do the same thing. She would say, you know, look, I've got to make sure my, you know, family's going to be okay. I've got to make sure my friends are going to be okay. So, right. So I think essentially, like he said, um, it would be a long haul. So I could, I could totally, definitely, you know, see that. And like you said, you know, I've always, which a lot of people don't agree with him when he says this, but I always, you know, agree with him when he says Klaus is going to mess up relationships because I tell oh, people yeah. think about, think about a flash forward of Hope being fifteen or sixteen. I said, you know. It, it's going to probably oh, essentially be. even be a time where him and his daughter aren't going to see face-to-face, and him and his daughter are going to be at wits. I was like, so, oh, yeah. like he said, Klaus always, you know, kind of messes up, you know, relationships, and I think that's more or less because he puts his guard up and he doesn't want to get hurt first. It's almost like the, it's almost like the middle school relationship where it's like I'm going to not be friends with you or break up with you first. Because I feel like you're going to break up with me at some point. <laughs> so right, it's like, you know, right. I have to do it first to kind of save my feelings so then I can just say, oh, well, I broke up with them or we're not friends anymore, you know, and I stopped the friendship. So I think that's why he does it um, a lot of times is just because of that. So it will be interesting right. to kind of see how they're going to play off of that this season because I do know yeah. they're running in the cop different things like that. And I do know that yeah. Tim and the cop are going to be spending a lot of time with each other. And yeah, he brought up a good when he said Marcel, because I also think that's one storyline they kind of dropped. Um, I always yeah. thought Marcel should have been more involved with the Hope storyline as far as, like, him I coming agree. to the safe house, him watching out with her, you know, watching out yeah. for her, because I'm like, you know, essentially that's kind of like his, his sister. Um, yeah. And I just, um, I just, I guess in my yeah. head I would have loved to see, you know, Charles Michael Davis holding the baby and because he's gorgeous oh, yeah. uh, as well, too, totally. but just holding the baby and, you know, bonding with, you know, baby Hope for a little while, too, so. <laughs> well, yeah, and it was so funny, yeah, Julie Plex, she did say, she said, oh, yeah, the cops are going to come, and I said to her, I said, I've been wondering, like, all this bloodshed has been, <laughs> has been like, happening for however many, you know, years here, and there's been no cops. And she said, yeah. You yeah, know, it's like, where are Right, and they're not going to know anything that's going on. I mean, they don't they don't have a clue. So it's going to be hilarious, actually. I'm anxious to see what that what that's going to do and ha- the dynamic of it. Um, and, uh, you know, so we'll see. But, you know, we're almost out of time already. I mean, we've been talking. Yeah. I can't believe it went so fast. But uh, I want I know, but you know what? Okay, so what I did was for the exit audio, I messed together, of course, Elena 
Selena's final scenes, um, which brought, I mean, I was putting it together. I started falling again. I mean, I just, it was so beautiful. And, and the way that you should say goodbye to somebody, you know, to, to such a great, you know, to Delena and, and, and to her um, on the show. And then I, I coupled it with the, with the song that they used for the dance. So, um, oh, so yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I know. Wasn't that beautiful? Well, thank you so much for joining me. And, okay, so where can everybody find you? Get out all of your stuff. <laughs> okay. So um, everybody can definitely find me on Twitter at the originals, always and forever, which basically it's the originals AAS. Um, they can also, uh, there you'll find links to the website as well. Um, and just to let everybody know, you know, I am hosting – uh, a giveaway oh, yeah. for Icon, um, where okay. you get a chance to actually get tickets to go to Icon, since Joseph is actually going to participate this year. And as we all know, he doesn't do like some of the smaller cons as much as he used to. Um, so it's mm-hmm. kind of like a big thing. So if you go to the website, uh, it's already tagged at the front. Um, definitely give it a shot. Definitely try to enter. I mean, they're putting all it's and all it. into this, you know, to exactly, it's really worth it um, to try to get out there and get people just to, you know, see Joseph and, you know, hear his panel. So he'll be doing a panel, and he's only appearing on Sunday, um, and he'll be doing a panel, uh, a Q&A panel, of course, and then he'll be doing the, you know, autograph signature, and he'll also be doing the picture ops also. But he'll just awesome. be there just for that one day, Sunday. But it's going to be everybody else Friday and Saturday and that's going to be awesome because they're going to have different balls and stuff and dinners that take right. place and Michael Trevino is going to be there. Um, Chase right. Coleman's going to be there, which was the werewolf. Um, then you're going to have uh, the guy who played, uh, I can't think of his name uh, and I'm so sorry uh, to him, but uh, the guy who played uh, Alexander, which was the where uh, the hunter that Rebecca oh, had the little uh, fling fling with. Dude, I can't think of his name. Um, I know I picture him in my head. I know who you're yes. talking about. Yes. Yeah. So you can definitely, and you can definitely, you know, go to our Pinterest page, our, our Instagram, and see thousands of these pictures um, of Joseph saying giveaway. So just click away. Um, it's something that they, you know, offered to me to host just to get out to everyone. And I think it's something that's really great that they're doing. I mean, I don't. Um, I know other cons that give out tickets and stuff like that, but just specifically to give it out to someone who's, you know, interested in seeing yeah. um, Joseph Moore is just great. So I think that's a great opportunity. So, and it's real easy to, you know, enter. It's different clicks all the way down. So, and also I tweet them out daily. So please take a look at it. Um, and that's it. But other than that, all I think right. the seasons are going to be interesting and I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait either. And I know. And uh, Sleepy Hollow again is going to be on Thursdays at 9. I'm encouraging everybody to watch Sleepy Hollow live and DVR Vampire Diaries in the original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But, anyway, yeah, yeah, sorry. we're going to be Thursday um, at 8 and 9. So. <laughs> so, anyway, so, um, and you can find me on at. I'm actually at Sleepy Addicts, and I have sleepyhollowaddicts.com. I've got all, I've got, like, some behind-the-scenes set stuff. Um, I will be doing another Sleepy uh, Sleepy Hollow trivia contest, and I'm going to give away some prizes. We just ended one, which was fabulous. Anyway, it was amazing. You can go on site and 
look at the interactive map and see um, different sleepyheads came up with um, uh, it could be it could be uh, stories basically twist stories is what they call it so anyway so there's a whole bunch of information and new photos and stuff for people three on there and uh, I guess that's it so um, I guess until next time I will sign off and uh, we're gonna and I'm gonna end this show with uh, TVB stuff. So thanks so much, Arsena. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. We'll uh, stay cool, and uh, I guess I'm out of here. <laughs> See you guys later. Yep. All right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did it not record? Oh, I'm going to die. Did it work? Great. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you for listening to me that day in the hallway. <laughs> I never thought I would ever be happy again, and then, and then I met you. You changed everything for me. You, you quite literally saved my life. I love you so much. Which is why I can't wait to find out what new life you, you've chosen for yourself in 60 or 70 years when I see you again. I can guarantee you it won't be high school. <laughs> Just be happy. I'll see you soon. I'll see you later. You made it. You canceled flights, I could have walked here faster. I was doing so well. <sighs> Sorry. I wanted to at least pretend to be strong for you. Hey, when you do wake up, I want you to know that I spent my life doing exactly what I felt I was born to do. I was happy. <laughs> Are we seriously having a sleepover? Come on, hurry up and get in here. I just want to get to the theater again. You should get the better goodbye. I don't care. Come here. Take care of everyone while I'm gone, okay? I will. I promise. <laughs> promise me something. Both of you. Write it all down. Everything that you accomplish in your lives, every crush, when you fall in love, when you start a family, every time you fantasize about wanting to kill Damon, <laughs> write it down. So that one day when I wake up, I can read all about my best friend's lives and feel like I was there. I'm so sorry, Selena. I'm really so sorry. This isn't your fault. Hey, we'll both get everything that we want. We just can't have it at the same time. Hey, Bonnie Bennett, you have spent your entire life making sacrifices for me. (laughs) Now it's my turn to do it for you. I just have one more favor to ask. Okay. 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 <laughs> Can you do it one last time? <laughs> no.
were going to do. You knew that the evil, selfish Damon Salvatore would give up the love of his life to save her best friend. I knew that the love of my life would stand by his best friend even if it meant having to live without me for a little while. Things are going to be awfully dull around here without you. No, they're not, Damon, because you're not going to sit around waiting for me. I was thinking of doing the starvation diet. This desiccation makes the time go faster. Damon, this isn't going to work if you just shut down. I need you to live your life. Enjoy yourself. I want you to be happy. Now, how about that, Damon? I'm in complete possession. 